104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Well, just when you thought they wouldn't show up, they did. (laughs) That was the Kansas City Chiefs last week. The Kansas City Chiefs team that we're used to. They took down the Raiders handily. We're going to talk about that, plus a whole lot more. It's Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show right here. I'm Joe Weston, and I'm joined, as always, by our The Godfather. Oh, come on. <laughs> He's got an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> Ned Bernals, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. And as long as it stays fairly mild outside and the Chiefs keep winning, everything is good. And, and the Bears right. and the football Bears. John Oliver's with us. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Ned message received with a horse head in my bed this morning. So. <laughs> and Josh Roberts, our Alabama fan and resident expert. That's right. And I call him Papa Ned. Mm. Papa Ned. Papa Ned. How you doing, Papa Ned? Papa Just Ned. don't call me Grandpapa Ned. <laughs> yeah. The Godfather. I like that. I like we'll that. We'll stick that. The sports Godfather around this town. So let's get your impressions. Let's start out. Well, not impressions. Not, you know, Rich Little or anything. But your impressions to last week's game. Two of them. Number one is we finally saw the Chiefs play a Chiefs-like game that we're accustomed to, number one. But the other impression that I got was a depression more than anything else. And that was, I, I don't know what's happened to the Raiders, other than the fact that we have seen the social circumstances maybe come crashing down on them all of a sudden. They were not the Raiders that I was expecting. And I, I don't think it was the Raiders they were expecting. They did not play well. They were very lackadaisical about their tackling. Their defense was invisible. But having said all that, Kansas City made them play Kansas City's game. And I thought it was a, a very good win. There was one play, and I told these guys earlier, Joe, that uh, I thought determined what was going to happen. Not the fact that Kansas City won. I think they would have won anyway. But what made it a, a, a runaway game was a turnover that Deshaun Jackson when he caught a very nice catch, great catch over the middle that Derek Carr threw to him, and then he turns around and has the ball punched out of his hands. I thought that turned around completely any kind of momentum that the Raiders might have been trying to establish. I thought it was interesting, too, because I didn't think that Patrick Mahomes played that differently than he's played in the previous games. I think he got a little luckier. Uh, that pass they threw for a touchdown to Williams. Mm-hmm. That that was all Williams. That ball was thrown up, should have been intercepted, but Williams somehow cut in front, yeah. made that play, and was able – that pass shouldn't have been thrown, but this is Patrick Mahomes, and this is the guys <laughs> making plays. There's and no question about it. He, he, uh, he did have a very good game. His rollouts were quite, quite well constructed. He also <laughs> – he also threw one left-handed in the game, yep. which, of mm-hmm. course, sends the announcers all into <laughs> ecstasy. Oh, my God. Did you see what we... Come on, people. Yeah. Jeez. Chris Collinsworth uh, yeah. le- wet himself down. That one. Yeah. 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 That may have been the least of what he did. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> what did you think of the game, John? Um you know, a, a lot different looking Chiefs team. Um, I picked against them last week, and I've never been happier to be completely wrong on something. Uh, I mean, nine different receivers had a catch. We haven't seen that in a long time. 
the key to me was the defense really stepped up again. Uh, you saw Chris Jones involved a ton. We were talking about this off the air a little bit ago. I know last week I mentioned, you know, Melvin Ingram and the difference it can make with a motivated guy that comes in, a veteran that can re-energize a defense. And I think you saw that with his, you know, tenacity on the field and pumping up teammates. And I think, you know, sometimes that type of addition can make all the difference in the world. This is three weeks in a row. The defense has shown up and played very, very good football. Yes. First time it really felt like that the Chiefs offense has shown up and mm-hmm. played, looked like the Chiefs offense. Your thoughts? The offense looked incredible. You saw, you know, I talked about a matter of trust last week as well. This was a trusting Patrick Mahomes. He spread the ball around, both tight ends, Hardman, Pringle, Kelsey and Hill, of course, McKinnon. I mean, he trusted his guys to do what they can do. And like you said, Williams made a phenomenal, phenomenal catch on that ball. It was probably the play of the game. It absolutely was in my mind. And he is so quick. I mean, he has been impressive. You know, now with Edwards Hilaire back, I don't know that he's going to be, you know, completely thrust into the spotlight. And I think Williams is still the guy right now. Yeah, I think so, too. I think one of the things that struck me about the game, too, is uh, the, the Chiefs go up 7 nothing. They get a stop, and then there's a punt return, and I think it was it was either Byron Pringle or it was McCole Hardeman. Nice run back, but at the end of the run back, fumble. Mm-hmm. Raiders recover the ball. They're in great field position, and the Raiders, I think, went down the field and got a field goal out mm-hmm. of it. But the Chiefs seem to be unfazed by that. Absolutely unfazed. And they seem to have, over the past few weeks, come apart at the seams when mistakes happen. And they seem like, from the very beginning, they seem like the Chiefs. They seem like they had a swagger to them. And Patrick Mahomes even said that this week. He said, you know, we got our swagger back. They look that way. Mm-hmm. You know, something unusual happened in that game, and it really has nothing to do with the game itself. But in, as far as the television is concerned, this is a Sunday night nationally televised game. That call was overturned. That fumble that you're talking about, it was yeah. overturned, and it was overturned during a commercial break. That does not happen. No. Dang. They usually interrupt the commercial, oh, let's go back to the, or, or whatever, and then make it up somewhere along the line. But they didn't. They let the commercial break when they came back. Well, folks, that call was overturned. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, let's see what's going on after all. Yeah. We're watching this game. We demand our rights. Yeah, because right. they, said, they said he was down. And then they came right. back to the game and said, no, he wasn't down. It was a fumble, and the Raiders recovered the ball. Yep. Josh, your thoughts on the game? I was very impressed with the defense. Uh, I'm happy that they've retooled it. I think they having Ingram is taking pressure off of Chris Jones so that he can do what he is supposed to be doing, be a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy with the way the defense played. And then, like you said, their their offense looked like the offense that we're used to seeing. They ran the ball effectively. They did short passes to, in the middle to Kelsey. The things that we have been saying for the last few weeks they needed to do, they actually did them, and they dominated that game because of it. They were not a one-dimensional team at all. No, not there at there all. Was, you didn't really – you could – I could tell the Raiders couldn't get a fix on what the Chiefs were going to do next, whether the Chiefs are going to run the ball, mm-hmm. whether they're going to throw the ball, do some of those passes that are more or less runs. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, they got a couple of big plays in the course of the game, too. And I think that that maybe took some pressure off some guys on that sideline. Mm -hmm. I think also it it really sets the stage for today's game. Now, keep in mind, this is not the season-determining game. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a very important game. But I really feel like this can be a determining game for the Chiefs. Are they really back? Mm -hmm. Well, they played a Raiders team last week that really was not mentally ready at all. They played a Giants team that, you know, who knows, played them, played them close. <laughs> yep. And the same with the Packers, a, a close game without Aaron Rodgers. Well, this time the Cowboys will be in good shape. They're coming in here. Mm-hmm. They're strong. They're thought to be the top team in the NFC. This will be a nice little test. Again, not a season-determining game, but one that might show us really whether or not the Chiefs have regained their swagger, so to speak. One of the things that John said last week that had me concerned about the game was the dual running attack by the Raiders wasn't there. Non-existent. Chiefs shut it down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether uh, we were seeing kind of a flip mirror there with the Chiefs and the Raiders, the Raiders did not look like the team that I'd seen up to that point in the season. Keep in mind, they're missing their deep threat. And when you take that deep threat, Henry Ruggs, who they better be prepared to miss him because he's going to be gone maybe forever. Uh, When they don't have that, then you've had to change your whole attack, and they didn't change it. It was Mm -hmm. not really evident at all with what they did. What do you think the Chiefs are going to do today? They've got a really good team that they're facing with the Dallas Cowboys. I think it all depends, in my opinion, on the trend of the game. I think if Dallas gets off to a quick start, scores a couple of touchdowns, then we're going to see a high-scoring game because that's what the Chiefs will have to do. I get Keep that same kind of tempo and score, which they can do. This is Kansas City. Come on. It's Patrick Mahomes and a great core of receivers. I don't equate... Dak Prescott and uh, Patrick Mahomes in as a as a quarter they're different style quarterbacks very much Prescott is really your uh, he, and I don't want to say average in the respect that a lot of people might think I'm using that term that's not the case but he is a prototype QB drop back throw the ball good quarterback but he is your standard quarterback whereas Mahomes is not if Mahomes is is uh, frazzled by any kind of defensive pressure We've seen him fall to pieces a little bit this year and get sacked and so forth. I think a lot of what Dallas is able to do on defense, uh, maybe take the Chiefs out of their rhythm and things like that, I think is going to determine a lot of the game. I do think Kansas City wins this one, though. Very good defense on the Dallas side, and we've talked about it, the defense being retooled with Melvin Ingram coming in, Chris Jones being moved to his slot. But one of the things I wanted to talk about and get the three of your impression on was that – they have some very good defensive players on the Raiders' side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa is probably one of the best defensive players in the NFL. I think he's probably a little underrated, too. I think so as well. And he was a non-factor in that game, and he was against Rimmers in that mm-hmm. game, I believe. And Rimmers is the second string mm-hmm. on that offensive line. So we were seeing some guys motivated and maybe Rimmers is the change that Patrick Mahomes needed, that he trust Rimmers a little more because you could see some trust there. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, Ned? Really hard to determine from just one game, Joe, because you don't know what the mental aspect of the team was. I just don't think the Raiders were ready to play. Now, they'll come into Kansas City here in a couple of weeks and play the Chiefs again. It might be an altogether different Raiders team back then, or when that arrives. But... Th- Making judgments on what the Chiefs did last week, 
It's it's good. It's positive. 41 to 14. Come on. The score speaks for itself. But by the same token, is that a fact that you can really put into the hopper as has this team returned? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have to be a little bit negative about that because of the way Las Vegas played. They mm-hmm. weren't ready to play. This one today, I think, is a little bit more of a determining factor. Which should also mention, too, I, I, I'll mention that in just a second. We'll get... John's opinion about the offensive line. Funny you mention that because I do have a pretty strong opinion about the offensive line. You know, I think the Chiefs really had an underrated draft last year. And the reason I say that is I've mentioned Nick Bolton before on the defensive side. He's had a fantastic season. Just tremendous rookie out of Missouri. Let's talk about Creed Humphrey for a moment. So Rimmers did do a great job. In my opinion, Creed Humphrey with last week's performance, put himself in the conversation for best center in the NFL. This kid is a rookie out of Oklahoma. He was absolutely unmovable in that game, just throwing guys to the ground, just absolutely clearing space and getting Mahomes time. You know, offensive linemen always take all of the blame, none of the glory. I always call it the Anthony Munoz Award. (laughs) Creed Humphrey really had his coming out party last week to me. Let me correct ourselves here. Andrew Wiley was the... Wiley Wiley was in. Rimmers is on the injured reserve. Oh, Andrew Wiley. Okay. So let me mention that. Although I do think he's going to play today. They've Mm -hmm. taken him off that. He had a knee injury. Uh, It was, yeah, Andrew Wiley is the individual who was... So he had a great game. Yeah, he he had a fantastic game because he was playing against Nick Bosa. And Mm -hmm. so uh, that's a tough assignment for anybody, especially second stringer. They they apparently were were teammates in either high school or college. Oh, I didn't know that. Josh, what's your thoughts? I I love it when so you know we 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 know these names of all these top tier defensive ends and linebackers and <clears throat> pass rushers and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's great when you watch a game and you don't hear that person's name when they're playing against you. And that was the case <laughs> this week. You didn't hear Bosa's name because they shut him down. Like you said, they contained him. They took care of things, and so he didn't get the accolades that he's normally going to get. That's great. That is an A-plus rating right there for the offensive line, in my opinion. Any old-school football coach will tell you you win the game in the trenches, and the Chiefs won that game in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Both their offensive and defensive line played a very, very good football game. But, Ned, I was wondering what your take on that would be, whether it would be a glass half-full or a glass half-empty, thinking about the game. It's a glass half (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's a highball glass uh, it needs a little mix here and there uh, I, I I would like to optimistically think hey maybe that's the sign now the Chiefs are coming back but I, I again you're making a comparison with a team that wasn't playing very well they will play a team today that is playing well game is at Arrowhead that makes a very big difference obviously the noise factor is going to be very strong and the, the Cowboys won't have Amari Cooper in there, who's one of their deep threats. Again, here's a deep threat who won't be playing. Still, the Cowboys are a, a superior team to almost all of them the Chiefs have played so far. You know, the top team in the NFL, uh, NFC. So let's, um, let's hold abeyance and see what happens. Yeah. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. I want to ask you, because each week I, as we do the game, we, I sit here and I look at the Chiefs depth chart to just kind of give me an idea who's in, who's out. But something that's changed from this week to last week, Shane Bouchelle 
has been added to the Chiefs roster as a mm-hmm. third quarterback. They've not had a third quarterback for, well, this the second season they've had and had a third mm-hmm. quarterback. What do you make of that move? No, no. Do not know. Don't know whether or not that would indicate that maybe Mahomes has been banged up. He's taken some pretty good hits this year. Mm-hmm. Chad Henney, of course, is going to be the immediate backup. But Shane Bouchelle, guys, has a lot of athletic prowess about him. He was... A good QB at Texas. He was a very good QB at Southern Methodist. Again, it's a little lower level of football, though the way Texas plays, I'm not sure that is a lower level. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> but this year. he's a guy who comes in and has made a name for himself in the training camp. He was in the preseason games. Yeah, I think he deserves a spot on the team. The fact that he is the number three QB on the starting roster does surprise me a little bit and makes me think that maybe, just maybe, there may be something that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. I'll ask you this, John. Uh, what do you think? Do you think I've, I've seen several teams this year run two quarterback packages, mm-hmm. special situations where they, well, we've got a running play. Let's put this guy in and let's take this guy out and put him in his passer. Do you see that as being part of the Chiefs' plan? I absolutely do. Bouchelle is very underrated. And for the fans that paid attention during the preseason, he looked spectacular. And you can say all day, yes, it's the preseason. However, it being the preseason, all of the younger players that are fighting for their lives for roster spots are going up against Bouchelle. Bichelle came out smelling like a rose to me, and I'm glad he's up, and I think that definitely gives them the ability to run some of those trick plays and also to get him in for a few series and just kind of see what they've got in him. What do you think, Josh? Do you make anything of this? You're reading between the lines, or do you think this is a, a gadget move? I, I don't know enough about him to know for sure, but I feel like... It's it has some it has to be some kind of a calculated move. They they put him on the roster for a reason. They either mm-hmm. want to put a package in, like you're talking about, that's some trick play, or uh, some kind of wildcat thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the fact that they put him on the roster means they're going to use him for something. Mm-hmm. First, worst to first, that is what happened last week. The Chiefs <laughs> were in last place, and then suddenly they're in first place. Mm-hmm. The AFC West looked to be uh, one of the better divisions in the NFL, and I, I think that it still is. But the Chargers have not played up to what I think that they're capable of. I mean, yeah. they they played the Chiefs extremely well this season. But they didn't look that good in the last few weeks. And I would say the Raiders have got a lot of internal issues that are causing problems. And the Broncos, you just don't know what you're going to get with the Broncos. <laughs> so what do you, what's, what's your take on the AFC West? Right, here you have a Denver Broncos team that ran Dallas right out of the ballpark in Dallas and then has come back and lost the last two. Mm-hmm. So I think Denver is so inconsistent as to really not be a threat at all. I do worry a little bit about the Chargers. I think they're going through just a midseason slump. After mm-hmm. all, this is a 17-game season, and teams, I don't care who you are, you're not going to go 17-0. and 0. And I think probably they're experiencing a bit of a lull. And the Raiders, unless they get their swagger back and maybe regroup and have some understanding about what their internal circumstances are, I don't foresee them as a factor. I think it's the Chiefs and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. John, what do you think? Who's the best team in the AFC right now? Uh, the best team in the AFC. Before honest, you say Buffalo, let me tell you, they're getting beat handily right now, and 24-7. Had you, had you asked me in the preseason, I would have told you <laughs> Buffalo. But, yeah, they're kind of on a bad trend right now. 
Honestly, if you ask me today, and this isn't being a homer, I think it's the Chiefs. Until they prove that, you know, last week was a fluke, which I don't think they will, I think you're going to look back at this as the turning point. I really, really do. I see them, if they don't run the table from here on out, it may be very close. Josh, your thoughts? Well, before Derrick Henry got injured, I would have said Tennessee. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they were just dominating everybody with him, but now I don't know. I, I it's it's hard to pick someone as a front runner. I mean, the Chiefs are, have to be in that conversation, but I think you could say that the Chargers are too. Mm-hmm. I think Baltimore is still a solid team, even though they mm-hmm. haven't played that well lately. So yeah, I don't know, but I think the Chiefs are in that conversation for sure. I think let, they have to be. Let me throw a team out there: the Jets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> throw them out. Throw They're them out. not. <laughs> Back in a minute, we'll talk about today's game, the Cowboys and the Chiefs, right here. It's coming up on Warner 4.7, The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. 35 minutes to the start of the Chiefs pregame show, hosted by Art Haynes, Dan Israel, Mitch Holtis. Kickoff is, what time is kickoff today, Ned? It's 325. 325, it's that that weird time because it's, Mm -hmm. what do they call this game? It's the America's Game of the Week on Sunday, I think it was. Or America's it is. Game then, of the N- Week. Then NBC has the uh, America's Sunday Night Game of the Week. Got to put America in there somewhere. America. Got to have that in there somewhere so people aren't confused about football in America. That we love it here. We do. And we love the Chiefs. But let's talk some local football right now because our own Missouri State Bears... They're doing well. They did well. They won easily last night. Tell us tell us the whole story, Ned. We want to hear it. Well, they're going to the playoffs now for the second time within a year, which is unprecedented. They were in the playoffs in the spring. Now here comes the fall. Hopefully, first of all, we'll never see a spring season again. <laughs> But here they are in the fall again, and this time they are back in the playoffs again. Mm -hmm. Yes, last night they played Dixie State, which is a new team to FCS and has their sights set on being a Division 1A FBS team somewhere along the line. But that's somewhere at the rate they are is going to be 2050 or 2040. (laughs) They're not very good at all. And the Bears belted them 55 to 24 last night out in St. George, Utah. St. George, Utah, guys, is in the southern half. It's the eastern half of the Mojave Desert, but the southern portion of Utah, one hour from Las Vegas. Thank you, sports fans. Anyway, the Bears took a pretty good contingent of fans out there. Mm-hmm. Of course, to see football and nothing else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Anyway, the Bears dominated that game today. They had the, uh, the pairings, and Missouri State did not get a top seed, but they are in the playoffs, and they will play at home in the Plaster Sports Complex next Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. And this is 3 o'clock on November, what is it's 27th, I think it is, is that next Saturday? Mm-hmm. 3 o'clock in late November, therefore the lights will come into play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and their opponent will be the Skyhawks from Tennessee Martin. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Martin's the Ohio Valley Conference champion. They are a high-scoring uh, aerial football team that has won... Most of the game, I think they're 10-2 and two or 9-2, and two, I'm not sure which. 
Uh, the good team, high-scoring team, beating everybody in the Valley except one, this Ohio Valley, and the one was yesterday. And they played and lost to, of all teams, Southeast Missouri, 31-14. to 14. Now, look at that in two respects. Number one is they may have known that they were in the playoffs anyway, so let's just say mm-hmm. hey, don't get anybody hurt. I've seen that happen before. I'd, whether or not it happened this time, I don't know, but there's no way that Tennessee Martin should have lost that game. They did. They get in. They're the team that's coming here. If the Bears win, and I think they will beat mm-hmm. Tennessee Martin, then they go out to play Montana State, which mm-hmm. is one of the seeded teams, and that'll be out there in, I think it's Missoula, if I'm not mistaken. Wherever it is, it's a hell of a long way from here. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, uh, not looking ahead, but what's Montana State? What do they look like? Well, there is, they play in the Big Sky. Montana and Montana State are both Big Sky conferences. Montana was to have been here last year, and the game got COVIDed out, mm-hmm. which is really too bad because they are, Keep in mind, that's Montana. That's Big Sky Country. The, the conference in which they play is appropriately named. And they're the really only teams out there in that mm-hmm. state. That's who you identify with, either Montana or Montana State. They're both very good, and they're both in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Montana State team plays a rugged schedule. Uh, whether or not it's as good as the Missouri Valley Conference, I think that's arguable because I think the Mo Valley is the best. But over and above that, it's a tradition-oriented program, and they will give the Bears a tough time out there. But then mm-hmm. again, what do you expect? It's the playoffs. That's, That's right. where you are. The top-seeded yeah. team, mm-hmm. incidentally, is Sam Houston State. They're the defending champions. Number two in the seeding is North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And when these playoffs start next Saturday, there will be six Missouri Valley Conference teams in the postseason. Wow. Six of them. That's great. Well, as we mentioned, they are the SEC of FBS. Yeah. You can make that that, uh, analogy to them. And North Dakota State has won the national championship eight Mm -hmm. times, all of which have come in the latter part of of this uh, decade, starting about 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Eight Mm -hmm. times they won this thing. There's some really good teams involved, many of whom have beaten D1A teams, mm-hmm. including North Dakota State, South Dakota State. I mean, these these are good, solid programs without maybe the depth yes. that the, uh, the larger schools have. Could they compete on a regular basis? No, not without the scholarships. Mm-hmm. But can they play within themselves? Yes, and it's very, very good football. Mm-hmm. So we'll be here. We'll be at Briggs Stadium for all of us that are older. Plaster Sports <laughs> Complex. I'm sure it'll have a new name when they put the new stuff in. Uh, but it, go out and get tickets. Go see yeah. the Bears play. Support our Bears. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, uh, Students. Too, I'm glad you said that too, Joe, because this game's not obviously not on the season ticket plan. It mm-hmm. will require first-come, first-served tickets, and it is Thanksgiving weekend. That's a tough time because there's mm-hmm. shopping. There's so yep. many other things to do. And at 3 o'clock starting time, that's a little bit of an anomaly in itself. That's mm-hmm. done for TV purposes, of course. But the fact is that it'll be an exciting time. We have the game here. Last spring when the Bears were in the playoffs for the one game, it was not here. It was up in uh, let's right. see, it was North Dakota that beat them, so it was uh-huh. in Grand Forks. So uh, this is an altogether different experience. First time in over 30 years that a playoff game will be here in town. Students, go to the game. Come yeah. on. You don't need that turkey. Come home early. No. And <laughs> go to the game. This is a really good team. And yeah. I think, you know, as someone who <laughs> wasn't pleased with previous 
regimes with Missouri State. I'm happy to say I'm completely wrong about Bobby Petrino. And, guys, Jason Shelley is a special quarterback. As I understand from Ned, he's got one year of eligibility left. Go out and see this kid. He is the type of player that could end up on the ring at the football stadium here in Missouri State. And it's not just him. They have some tremendous players. Terrell Owens was here for the last game on the sidelines because his son plays for Missouri State. I mean, this is a really good football team. I had a kid last night named Lakulis who ran for 162 yards. Mm-hmm. 162. And uh, the passing, I had forgotten what the mark was for Shelley, but, you know, it was huge. Mm-hmm. So the fact remains that, yes, it's a team that offensively can do a lot of things. Now, you can give up some points with this team. That's mm-hmm. why I think probably next week's game may very well be a high-scoring <laughs> one. But by the same token, though, it is a solid football team. Coach Petrino and his staff, which includes members of his family, mm-hmm. are really, I think, in tuned to making this program do the complete turnaround, which it has done, and maybe making some noise in these postseason plays. Josh, you're a jury grad. Did you pay any attention? <laughs> you know, honestly, yes. I, I uh, before this, before last season, before the spring season, when we were talking about it, I did. I had very little interest in Missouri State football, but mm-hmm. with Petrino coming in, I thought I said from the beginning, this guy is going to make their program good because that's mm-hmm. he is one of those top tier coaches. He had his fall from grace. He's recovering from that. And but he he is one of those coaches that just sees it differently than other coaches, and you're we're seeing that now because he has turned this program into a contender, and it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. awesome to see. And basically a year, and right? He's done that, yeah. In so, one yeah. year, I you know I'm not happy with the hire. I'll be I will freely admit that I didn't think that it, the optics of all of it was very good. I didn't mm-hmm. like the way that it was handled by the administration. That's not Coach Petrino's fault, and mm-hmm. he has done nothing here but win and handle himself with the best decorum. So, you know, you got to give him props for that. You have oh, yeah. to say that. You have to say, you know, look, I was wrong. I'm reformed, and I will shake his hand when I run into him. That's how much When I you're out respect. shopping at the mall. Sure. <laughs> hey, Coach Petrino, <laughs> how are you? What are you doing? All right, we'll be back in just a minute as we continue Ned Talk right here on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You know, sometimes I wish people could hear our conversation between... But there's other times when I'm glad that they can. <laughs> is, is there a Ned Talk After Dark option? That uh, we can no, there's, there's, there's not the there's not the the Ned Talk After Dark version. <laughs> Let's talk about the games that are going on right now. The Colts beating the Bills 24 seven. Anybody surprised about this at all? I'm I shocked am, by I it. I am. I watched yeah. the I watched yeah. the Colts play a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think they're underrated. I really do. I do agree with you. But to be beating that Bills team that Soundly, and I think it's in Buffalo. Yeah, yes, it is in Buffalo. And here's the Minnesota Vikings ahead of the Green Bay Packers. It is in Minnesota, and the Packers may not be fully back yet, but the Vikings have that 16 10 lead. But the one that's most surprising is halftime, and the Houston Texans leading the Tennessee Titans 12 to nothing. Come on, they're calling that game. 
the battle of the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's going to poke me. Ravens up six over the Bears. Um, no Lamar Jackson, but Huntley, Tyler Huntley, is, we've been kind of watching this game in the studio. It's played impressively, but neither team has found the end zone. 49ers up over the Jaguars, 20-3. to Don't sleep on the Niners. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. Didn't they uh, just dismantle? The Rams, who I thought was they, the best yeah. team in the world, yeah, they no disma- they completely they, dismantled they that blew team. Blew them out, and that, oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're overlooking one. There it is, right up there. God's team is winning big today. <laughs> oh, Philly, yeah, twenty-seven-seven over the Saints. Has over anybody Cook Barber College? Is, has, has anybody ever figured out w- which of these te- what team you get with the Saints or no, the Eagles? No. No. They play really inconsistent for the Eagles. The Eagles, I must admit, have been, but they're capable of playing a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. A case in point, going to Denver after Denver had blown out the Dallas Cowboys and beating Denver big time out there, mm-hmm. and then coming here and beating the Saints. And the Saints are a, a respectable football team. Mm-hmm. I like the coach, uh, Nick Sirianni of Philadelphia, who do, does have relatives. His in-laws live here in town. Mm-hmm. So he is here every so often, and he's a former Former Chiefs assistant coach who got let go by Andy Reid back in the, I think, 2013 or 2012, whenever it was. But a guy who is proving himself young and energetic and making the most out of an injury-riddled team. And I Mm -hmm. find that to be very effective. Washington and Panthers tied 14-14. Cam Newton got the start in this game, came Mm -hmm. out with his trademark smoke and stomp Mm -hmm. move (laughs) and has looked impressive, I will say that. The Browns and the Lions, the Browns, they're a seriously injured football team. Baker Mayfield, not in the best shape in the world. He's had a lot of injuries, but that that offensive line's terrible. Yeah. I watched them play a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and if they had a good offensive line, he would be he would be considered a top-tier quarterback. Yeah. He's, and I think he's just below that tier. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys think. But well, they're playing the Lions today, and that's not really a good test because Detroit really has problems. They're, uh, they have the one tie, and that's it for the year. And then, of all things, they have to come back and play on Thursday, which they do every Thanksgiving yep. as far as that's concerned. So that's built into their psyche. But have to play the Chicago Bears in Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. That, that's mm-hmm. going to be awfully tough for this team. It's going to be tough for anybody to watch, too. Yeah. Um, let's... Can we do something about that? Can the NFL take away that franchise? Well, no, no, can't do that. But I'll tell you what they can do, and it's most unlikely. But, you know, the Lions were the first NFL team ever to play on Thanksgiving. Did so in 1934. Mm -hmm. Their owner, Mr. Ford, decided, hey, this this is a pretty good deal here. So... Starting, I think it was in 1948 or 49, they played the Packers every Thanksgiving in Detroit. From 49 until 65, I think it was, and some really, really good Green Bay teams would go into Detroit on Thanksgiving and get it handed to them mm-hmm. because the Lions were always so psyched up. It, it ended because Mr. Lombardi, who carried a pretty big stick in the NFL, even as a coach, went into the NFL front office after his team lost in 65, I think it was, 
You get us out of there. We are out. We're not playing there again. I don't give a damn what you do with the schedule, mm-hmm. but we are not playing there. And sure enough, that's been mm. it was the end of that series right there. Yeah. <laughs> they have a tie on the season. And Pittsburgh should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. Yeah. They should do away with that too in the NFL. Let's get a Ugh. let's get two petitions started right now. Go to the college football rules. Let's let's move the Detroit Lions somewhere else. Where can we move them to? Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> Spring, the Springfield Lions. That'd be great. Well, I mean, people beleaguer the Jets at this point, but when you look at the thing that stands out the most for the Detroit Lions with me is they had two of the best players in the history of the NFL at two different positions who retired because they could not build a team around them. I mean, Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders were once-in-a-lifetime players that decided it was easier to retire then continue to play for this franchise. Well, it was more than that. Uh, Barry Sanders asked to be traded to a contender, mm-hmm. and they refused to do it. Right. And you can understand why. He's their oh, meal ticket. Would, yeah, was the only thing they had going at that time. Yep. And Matthew Stafford, who's played extremely well <laughs> for the L.A. Rams. Oh, and yeah. I kind of thought that he was a, a, a never-would-be mm-hmm. type guy. But mm-hmm. when he got traded to the Rams, you First of all, he looks fitter than I've ever he seen does. him. He doesn't. He's always had a little bit, looked a little bit paunchy. Mm-hmm. But as we've we've had this discussion many times, if a quarterback can stand up, if he's not on his back, thrown from his back all the time, which mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's thrown from his back quite a bit, then you can be a really good quarterback in the NFL. These guys are all top level players. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's just the opportunity and having somebody in front of you that's going to stop the other team from getting to you. And the attitudes yes. of a team's front office yes. makes a very, very big difference. What kind of a commitment they make to winning? How much mm-hmm. money they're going to spend? Hey, this uh, has a resonance with the players. Mm-hmm. They know if a, somebody's making the true effort to be a contending team, they understand mm-hmm. that. And again, it develops into your psyche. And that's that's where the Lions run into some problems because they have not seen that. Back, uh, gosh, guys, back in the 50s and 60s, Detroit Lions were very good football yes, team. Yes, they were. Bobby Lane at quarterback, mm-hmm. they they had some uh, some really top-notch all-pros on their club, and now mm-hmm. it's deteriorated. Joe, a question for you. Do you think Baker Mayfield has Joe Thomas's phone number and is trying to get him on an eating plan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but Bears fans, watch out. Andy Dalton is warming up on the sidelines. It's never a good sign. The Who Cares Bowl is on today. The Jets and the Dolphins, it's 7-7. And as I mentioned earlier, the Texans beating the Titans 12-0. Let's talk a little bit more about today's game. Mm -hmm. Cowboys are a good football team, very good football team. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott. They have a serviceable quarterback in Dak Prescott. I'm not as impressed with him as uh, ESPN is. (laughs) And they've got a very good defense and a good offensive line. So your thoughts on the Cowboys? I think it's a good test for Kansas City. I think the Chiefs do win the game. We'll get into our scores in just a second, but... I think that Kansas City will be a little bit pressed. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I think it all depends on the trend of the game. If the Cowboys get off to a fast start, maybe get a couple of touchdowns lead. It's not like the old days when the Chiefs were automatically going to come back because this team can match the the Chiefs for what they do each time. So I think it's incumbent upon Kansas City to get an early lead in this game and make the Dallas Cowboys play Kansas City's game. 
as know, opposed to the vice versa. I know Andy Reid listens to us frequently. Mm-hmm. I will say, Andy, don't defer today. Just take the ball and go down <laughs> steal field and score. What do you think about the Cowboys? Uh, the Cowboys are a good football team. Prescott is, he has shown me coming back from the injury that he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation as a top NFL quarterback. Uh, CeeDee Lamb impresses the heck out of me. I think that is a star receiver that you'll be seeing for the next decade, you know, all pro. Uh, they're a decent team. So, I mean, this isn't going to be a cakewalk today, but I, I still feel pretty confident. I think the Chiefs are really motivated by last week. Your thoughts, Josh? Uh Kind of just, you know, mimicking what these guys are saying. I think that uh, it's going to be this is this is going to be the game where if the Chiefs are able to win, win convincingly or even win a close one, uh, we'll get to see exactly who they are as a team, because this Mm -hmm. is the kind these are the kind of teams that they have to beat if they want to get back to the playoffs, get back to a Super Bowl, possibly win another one. The, The the Dallas team is good. They're. Their defense is solid. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Ezekiel Elliott's one of the top running backs in the league. So, yep. yeah, this will be a good test. Quickly, let's do our player of the game last week. It's brought to you by Morrison Webster and Carlton. Ned, who do you got? Travis Kelsey. Really he had a huge game. Of course, it's almost by design because the Raiders have the worst defense against tight ends in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City made him pay for it. Kelsey had a huge game, free much of the time, and was able to imposes will on the defensive backs of the of the Raiders. Now, again, we, I'm going to talk about the Raiders not really being mentally ready for it, but over and above that, he'll be my choice. John? I'm going to give props to somebody that's kind of off the radar. Armani Watts had a fantastic game last week. He's a safety out of Texas Tech. He's 25 years old. Haven't heard his name much this year, but he led the team in tackles last week. I thought he had a great game. Josh? I'm going to say just because of his positive influence on the defense, I'm going to go with Ingram. Yep. I'm going to go with Daryl Williams because I think that catch, and he played a great game. He did. And you know what? That tandem that they have right there, McKinnon's name, that's the first time I've heard his name called all season. He made a great play. Uh, We saw Derek Gore two weeks ago have a big game. Didn't hardly see him last week. They've got a great little tandem of running backs there. We'll be back in just a minute with our picks. It's Ned Talk and 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. This is the point where I remind everybody that I picked the Chiefs to win last week, and I picked them to win big last week. So what I've got to say about that is, ha. Huh. <laughs> you did. You did. I yeah. did. So I'll tell you what it does, Joe. It gives you the honor of making the first pick today. Mm-hmm. I will pick the Chiefs to win today, and I think the Chiefs will win easily. I think that I'm going with two weeks in a row. The Chiefs winning easily. I think Mm 31-10. And I think Cowboys are a little bit overrated. And I think that the Chiefs have got their swag back. So 31-10. My pick is also the Chiefs, but I give Dallas a little bit more credit than Mr. Weston does. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do think the Chiefs win. I'm going to pick it 38-31. 
think secondary is going to be key in this game. Uh, Sorensen had an interception last week as hard as we've been. I know. So, I know. I felt good for Dan. Yeah, so uh, Thornhill's back. I, I'm going to say I'm going to go 27-17 Chiefs. What do you think, Josh? I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win as well. I think it'll be a little closer than that. I think it could be like a 31-28, maybe a 34-31. I think it'll be within a field goal just because Dallas is a solid team. They've got a lot of talent. Quick impressions. Do you think it makes a difference that the Chiefs are going into a bye? That part of it does not, in my opinion. What does make a difference is playing at home, Mm -hmm. playing at Arrowhead, which is loud. Everybody knows it. The Dallas Cowboys have been coached against the noise factor, even though they play in a bigger stadium with 90,000, and they're not exactly silent. But uh, at Arrowhead, it's, it's a different story. I think that makes the big difference. But going into a bye game, nope, it's built into your schedule. I think it's it's all part of the rhythm of the game. I do say with this being a later bye week for the Chiefs, I think it does give them an opportunity. They've kind of turned things around. If they win this game, it gives them an extra week to kind of recoup some of these injuries, the nagging stuff they have. And I think it could be truly helpful to them for the rest of the year. What do you think, Josh? I think it's always good to have a bye, the bye weeks because, like what John was saying, these little injuries don't turn into big injuries if you've got that extra week off. Do they do they get two bye weeks? Just one. They just, just one. one. Just one. Just so one. I guess it's, we where we point out to everybody, we won't be here next week. We yeah. we take mm-hmm. the week off. We're going to get over our, our nagging injuries. <laughs> it, it does. It gives the impression when you play on a Thursday night that you have a bye week in there yeah. because you do get a little bit extra time. But no, there's only one one okay. bye. Also, too, we would like to point out that the season is broken up into quarters. That's something that we talk about. And the Chiefs could go 4-0 in this quarter if they do win today. And they come back off that bye week. And they will play the Denver Broncos. So we will be on in December next time we talk to you guys. It will be December 5th. Game time will be noon. Pre-game will be 11. Ned Talk will be at 10. So look forward to seeing all you guys then. Real quickly, Ned, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Are you going to eat turkey? I eat crow quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a thoughtful answer. I wondered there when he said for a second. What about you, Johnny? Eating turkey on Thursday? Yeah, I'm going to go to my aunt's house. uh, Nice little family gathering, so I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Josh? Oh, yeah, turkey. Stuffing, all that good stuff. Mashed potatoes. Mashed taters. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> I'm just mashing your taters. <laughs> yes. You were out of timer, guys. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> did, somebody did mash our potatoes one day, didn't they? Yep. Well, I want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. If you missed the show, you can check it out as a podcast. You can find that at 1047thecave.com or through the Cave app or wherever you get your podcast at. Have a safe holiday, and we'll see you back in two weeks right here on 104.7 The Cave.